You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Happy New Year, Bruce. How are you? Happy New Year. Um, healthy live. I mean, as far as in my little circle, it's a great start to the year, but... Um, I'll just give it a day. Uh, well, I mean, when, when you when you start growing the circle a little bit, it's... Um, yeah, not not as great. <laughs> Well, it's going to be a it's going to be a great 2021. If you thought 2020 was fantastic, man, wait till you see what they got lined up for 2021. I can only imagine of how great it's going to be. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah. But I tell you what, we're not going to do. Obviously, we're not doing a morning show today because today is New Year's Day and we're probably not going to have too many people listening because I would expect that most of you are going to have hangovers would be my guess. Um, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. There could be people out there like myself that don't drink. So it could be uh, could be like that. Bruce, you don't drink either. Nope. So no. uh, it, it could be that it's just that way with a lot of people. So uh, we're going to do a little bit um a little bit different kind of a show today. So it'll be just like what we did over Christmas week. So we didn't do the morning show. So we just did like a little bit of a, um, a morning show with an afternoon show kind of combined. So that's what we're going to do today. And today I thought, well, let's do a little bit of reflection. Let's look back on what President Trump accomplished in 2020. With all of the craziness that's happened this year, I thought, why not? So let's let's go over some of these things. So there's 15 points here as to what Trump has done in the year 2020. To be honest, can you actually blame the guy? I mean, everything was designed to to throw a wrench in this works. There was nothing else they could do. And I'm talking about like the establishment and all the rest of them. There was nothing else they could do. They tried the impeachment or excuse me, they tried the uh, the fake porn star. Do you remember that? They tried that. Mm -hmm. They tried the Russia collusion. They tried the impeachment over the phone call in Ukraine, which was actually Biden. And none of it worked. None of it worked. And there might have been something else in there somewhere, but uh, that that didn't work. Well, but they now did manage to imprison Flynn, and he actually was pardoned. So yeah, yeah. And they did the same thing with uh, Roger Stone. They mm -hmm. put Roger Stone in jail under the uh, pretext, uh, the pretense of the Russia collusion, which mm -hmm. turned out to be nothing. So Trump was exonerated on the Russia collusion thing, but Stone was still in prison. So. Obviously, Trump has to pardon him, but he didn't mm. actually pardon him. He didn't pardon him. All he did was make sure that he had enough time to be out to argue his case. So he commuted his sentence. That's all he did. Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't pardon him. So Stone went back to uh, went back to court and was exonerated. But now he's turned around. And he's suing the DOJ for twenty five million. Uh, and I hope he as gets he it. Yeah, as he should. I hope he gets it because that's about what they stole from him. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's just trying to recoup his losses. And I don't blame him. Um, but let's look at the let's look at 15 things that Trump did during his fourth year in office. OK, now I, I, <laughs> I can't wait to see what his fifth year in office is going to be like, to be honest with you. Uh, mm -hmm. That's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. Uh, but number 15, President Trump marks the SpaceX Falcon 9 launch on May 30th. So do you remember that? He actually went down to uh, Kennedy Space Center when uh, uh, when Falcon 9 put the uh, the crew dragon up for the first time. Mm hmm. 
I do. That was, uh, so he was, was there. a big deal. Was it was a big deal. About it. Yep, yep. Uh, President Trump celebrated the first crewed mission from the United States since the last space shuttle flight in 2011 aboard an American rocket launched in tandem with SpaceX and NASA. It was a triumphant moment for supporters of the American space program, ourselves included, who cringed mm-hmm. when American astronauts began relying on Russian rockets to get into space, as we did which never yes. should have happened. The moment, again, emphasized President Trump's promise to rebuild America's dominance in space. We've been set behind by 50 years by the regressives that we've had in uh, in places of uh, uh, authority over there for the better part of a half century. So it's, it's time to get a move on. I understand the space shuttle was old. I get it. But let's take that technology and let's Let's go further with it. I mean, I understand what Musk is doing. I understand what Elon Musk is doing. He's he's creating the system that we know and the system that works and has been successful in the past. I, I understand what he's doing there. But at the same time, we also progressed past the rocket launches and the capsules and we went to the space sh- or we went into the space shuttle. But I get that the space shuttle was uh, a little bit costly and there was a lot of uh, waste and everything and he's, he's doing everything to be reusable and stuff with like Falcon 9 and everything and I, and I get that but um, I think it's it's time that we it's time that we take that technology we had at the space shuttle and and kind of bring it back to more a more modern use right yeah I mean that's basically what SpaceX is doing yeah it is and I saw that um, of course we watched the uh, the starship launch or the prototype starship launch didn't mm-hmm. go too well but uh, I guess trial and error, right? Thank God no one was on board. Well, the I mean the the actual launch went well. It was the uh, coming down that wasn't. Um, uh, they had some of the engines flame out, so it didn't exactly land soft. Well, Bruce, it it's easy to um, it's easy to to get a sailboat out, but it's harder than hell to get it back in. You know. Yeah. It's the same concept. I mean, that was always my biggest thing with a sailboat because I was I always made sure that I had paddles and a motor on the damn thing just in case because my <laughs> luck, I would get the sailboat out there and I'd never get it back in. So anyway, number 14, Donald Trump walks to St. John's Episcopal Church to challenge violent protesters on June 1st. You remember that? Yeah, the uh, the photo op with the Bible out in front of the, uh, yeah. Out front of the church. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of that one personally. I wasn't uh, either. I, I mean, if you really poor. yeah, if you really want to get uh uh, if you really want to challenge the violent protesters, start hitting them with beanbags and water cannons and and hitting them with tasers and tear gas mm-hmm. and lock them up. Mm-hmm. Call me old fashioned. Trump's critics in the corporate media, the Democrat Party and even elected Republicans savaged the president's decision to walk to St. John's Episcopal Church to challenge violent protesters who tried to burn down the structure the previous night. Again, you want to challenge them? Don't stand out there in front of a church like that. I would have dropped the hammer. Uh, mm-hmm. But of course, what, what did Chuck Schumer say about that? Do you remember that? Oh, uh, the president was attacking uh, women and children that were out there peacefully protesting. They were trying to burn a church down. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that there were women and children that were roasting marshmallows in a burning car, Charlie. Many of Trump supporters celebrated that the president stood up to the mob as a symbol of law and order in front of the church that had been lit on fire by violent leftists uh, the previous evening. I believe in in swift action. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Just because I've I've dealt with scum like this out in the street anyway, so as 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 have law enforcement, so they know exactly what to do with them. Number thirteen, Space Force personnel receive the name Guardians on December eighteenth. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this because we didn't talk about this on a morning show. This kind of went uh, largely unnoticed. I mean, I, I heard about it. Trump's newly created Space Force announced that personnel would be known as Guardians. The name Guardians connects our proud heritage and culture to the important mission we execute 24-7, protecting the people and interests of the United States and its allies. What do you think? So uh, the name's interesting, you know, uh, fitting. As far as Space Force is concerned uh, as a whole, 
I'm still not entirely sure about it. I mean, I know it's something that we we have to do technically because we want to keep our interests. We're moving to space, and we want to make sure our interests are are um, you know met, kept up, whatever you want to, however you want to phrase that. Don't um, you want to? Don't you want to be more akin to aiding the Chinese, like Biden says in space? <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. No. Uh, no, I, <laughs> no, I, I don't. Mm-mm. I'm, no. I'm not, I'm not sensing the international cooperation here, Bruce. Uh, true. Uh, this is true. Uh, unfortunately, when you have a country that wants to rule the world, and what is it? They have a 50-year plan to rule the world. Yeah, I don't think they're they're about working together. And you have an elite here that are helping them do it. Yeah, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Trump invokes. Yeah, Trump invokes Center for Disease Control Title 42 to return border crossers on May 18th. Donald Trump's administration used the CDC Title 42 to quickly remove border crossers from the United States in order to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. The administration argued it was critical to remove border crossers from the United States rather than detain them in confined spaces where they could spread where they could spread the virus. It was the first time in the United States history that a president used it in this way, setting a precedent for future action to limit or to limit migration when it risks public health. You know, let, let's go back to the early part of the 20th century, okay? And even before that, let's look at what people used to do, all right? Or what we used to do as a, as a country. Ellis Island, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when my grandparents came across on the boat in the early 1900s to the United States, when they did that, they had to stay on Ellis Island for a period of time. Why? They had to stay there in quarantine, so they had to make sure that there weren't, they weren't carrying any infectious diseases, bringing it into the population. That was 100 years ago. So... Why are we surprised? I, I know, and I know what you're going to say. It's identity politics. Why are we surprised that it's this big authoritarian move now? It's not. It's a matter of public health. But identity politics doesn't play with public health, does it? No. Uh, well, only when it only when it benefits when them. it fits the agenda. Yeah, when it fits yeah. the agenda. Yeah. Uh, number eleven. Donald Trump awards Rush Limbaugh Medal of Freedom. You know, I thought that was great. Uh, I thought that was great. I thought that uh, that he's. Very, I mean, of all people that deserved it. Uh, in uh, in the American populace, I would say that he's probably one of them. Rush Limbaugh, uh, for those that don't know, Rush Limbaugh, if it wasn't for him, if, if it wasn't, uh, and I mean him, I'm not talking about guys like him. If it wasn't for him, then it's quite possible we wouldn't be sitting here doing what we're doing. Sure. Rush Limbaugh was uh, a pioneer when it came to talk radio. And, and you can go back even further than that. You can talk about guys like Paul Harvey uh, and the rest of them. But when it came to political talk, Rush Limbaugh has been a trailblazer. Now, yeah. I know that he's been diagnosed with uh, stage four terminal cancer. I understand. But that, that's not the point here. The, the point here is that he's paved the way for people like us, and especially on podcasting. Rush Limbaugh has been doing podcasting for over a decade, longer than that, before even podcasts were a thing. Podcasts used to be like these little known things. Uh, But now anybody can go out there and do this. And it's largely due to guys like him. I grew up listening to Limbaugh. I mean, Mm. obviously not during school years because, you know, school time, because uh, if I was in school, then I couldn't uh, listen to him. But during the summer, you know, I had one of those little radios on my bike. Yeah, that I that I bought at Radio Shack for like 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I would always listen to the guy because he made sense. And I wasn't big into I wasn't really big into politics, but he was the kind of guy that when he would talk, you would just listen. And I never pictured myself sitting here doing anything like this. Now, Bruce, when you and I met, if I would have told you at that point in time that, hey, you and I are going to get together and we're going to do this podcasting thing a couple of years down the road. What do you think about that? You would have told me I was crazy and you'd have walked off and I never would have seen you again. Right. Possibly. Possibly. I was politically aware at the time and was 
you know, active politically. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have expected that. Uh, but what what have I uh, shied away? I don't know. No, probably not. I don't know. I honestly didn't think that that this would be the thing. Uh, I, I knew that I knew that I wanted to do something. I knew that uh, we all wanted to get involved in something. You, myself, and GP, we wanted to to do this or well something like this, but we didn't know what. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, Marty wanted to do something else. He actually wanted to to go another way, and I I convinced him otherwise. Uh, I said you'll reach a larger a larger audience here, uh, and and he has, uh, and he continues to. So. Um, but it all my point is, is that all of this wouldn't be possible without Rush Limbaugh. It's him that has paved the way for a company like Apple. He's been there. Was he like there? He was like their their biggest spokesperson or whatever uh, for for years. Uh, anybody would call in. He would actually have Apple support days on his phone calls or on his uh, his radio show taking phone calls. And he would go through and he would offer support to them right there on the air during his talk show. And he would give out iMacs, iPads, iPhones, all iPods, all the rest of it. But if it wasn't for Apple, then we wouldn't have had the medium of podcasting. If if Apple wasn't pushed as a uh, as a as a market leader in podcasting, they kind of created that that aspect of it. Um, with Limbaugh being a champion to to move those particular uh, pieces of technology that allowed you to access those mediums, then we wouldn't po- we wouldn't be doing this. So I chalk up what we're doing, uh, and and I give thanks to guys like him. So um, you know, and others like us. But President Trump paid tribute to legendary broadcaster Rush Limbaugh at his 2020 State of the Union speech, surprising him by awarding him with the Medal of Freedom. CNN tried to screw that one up. Do you remember that? CNN? Um, Vaguely, yeah. Trump had talked about it at a press dinner, at a, quote, confidential press dinner, uh, which is customary because the press dinner at the White House with the president the night before the the State of the Union, they are previewed to the points that he's going to cover. Mm -hmm. And CNN was not invited. (laughs) So they somehow or another got the the information from someone else, whoever squealed in there, and uh, they leaked it. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Trump didn't give him the satisfaction. Uh, We went through a a long list of possible candidates of uh, uh, that would have done that, you know, CCP supporters. Mm -hmm. That's true. Which is all of them, by the way. Uh, Days earlier, Limbaugh announced that he had been diagnosed with stage four advanced lung cancer. Trump said, this is not good news. But what is good news is that he is the greatest fighter and winner that you will ever meet. Apart from you, Donald Trump, (laughs) I I would say that 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 guy is that guy's a fighter. I will give it to him. You know, you can say what you want about Donald Trump, but the guy's a fighter. Trump actually hosted Limbaugh's show the day after he got out of the hospital with COVID. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. YouTube tried to ban it, but some people were still uh, seeing it and they tr- they tried to knock it down. They tried to cut the sound and, and all the rest of it, but they couldn't do it. And Trump went on his show and he co-hosted. Oh, actually, he, he hosted basically more or less. Uh, Limbaugh would ask him a question here and there. But Trump went on a solid two hour hosting of the Rush Limbaugh program that day. And Hell, how in the world he's doing that, I don't know, because you and I do this and I'm dead tired when we're done doing this. Mm. So I don't know. uh, I don't know how this guy does this going through eating McDonald's and and a half a gallon of ice cream and drinking Diet Cokes, man. I, I just don't know. He's like an Energizer bunny, man. He he just keeps going. It's crazy. He's he's uh, the guy's not human. He, he's just not human. Anyway, all right. Donald Trump ex- number ten. Donald Trump signs executive order challenging big tech censorship on May twenty eighth. Has he really? Where's the, what's the status of Section two thirty? Is that, that seriously? What's the status of Section two thirty? I th- I heard that there was something being thrown to the Congress, which I don't 
put too much faith yeah. in them to repeal it. Nothing's come of it. Yeah. Trump understood that his supporters were angered at the social media companies who were unfairly censoring conservative content, but part of him believed his political movement could still beat the unfair forces of big tech. You know what? Guys like you and I have been screaming, along with many other prominent people that are out there that are bigger, much bigger than us, have been screaming, mm-hmm. you have got to do something about big tech. You have got to do something about big tech. Get rid of 230 and let those companies get sued out of existence. Yep. Something's got to be done. And he ignored it. So as far as a report card goes on President Trump, when it comes to social media and big tech, he gets an F. He gets a big fat F. But well, but sort of. but it, I can't. It's out of his power. It, exactly. That, OK, that's the other thing. I can't hold him solely responsible, but he can lean on Congress. He can make a big stink about it in the media, but he hasn't. He hasn't said anything about it. I hold the Congress responsible ultimately for it, but mm-hmm. uh, I'll put it on Trump that I don't think he's uh, he's gone after it hard enough. Yeah, I could I, I could go with that. Yeah. Number nine, Donald Trump levels a ban uh, uh, levels a travel ban on China to fight the coronavirus on January thirty first. You remember that? So he shut do. the flights down. He yeah. was racist for doing it. Yeah, yeah, he was he was racist for doing it. But then all of them were saying after that, oh, we would have shut the flights down far earlier than what than what Trump did. Uh-huh. Well, I thought he was I thought he was racist for doing it. Yeah. Can't have it both ways. Trump's first term faced its greatest challenge with the dawn of Chinese uh, the Chinese coronavirus pandemic. But he acted early by leveling a traveling ban from China's Hubei province. Any Americans returning to the United States were subject to 14 days of quarantine. You see the good it did. Uh, it was an right. aggressive decision to defend against the, the growing threat from the virus and something that, oh, God, I'm so sick of looking at this guy. I don't even want to. It, it's bad enough looking at this guy, but seeing his name is now pissing me off. And something that Fauci. even skeptical Dr. Anthony Fauci admitted was effective at slowing the spread of the virus. Uh, the overall fight against uh, Corona took the or took a political toll in the Trump administration, but many Americans agreed with his decision to ban travel from China. I, I I agreed with the 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 travel ban and everything, but and it did slow the spread. But as you as you said, it it only slowed it. It only delayed it. I mean, I guess at the time that's kind of what we needed because we needed more information about what the virus was. Because China was lying, but yeah, mm-hmm. I guess it is. And you know, on a side note, I, I'm sick of looking at Fauci. Like, have you noticed that this guy's everywhere yes. now again? He's everywhere. Yes. He's on, I, I kid you not, he must have been in seven articles today, just today that I saw. And it's, been, it's just been increasing. Here, uh, here's, here, here's another one. Dr. Fauci said something about America's coronavirus outbreaks that no one wants to hear. I don't want to hear you at all. I don't give a damn about where the outbreak is. I don't want to hear you at all. You Dr. Fauci just said exactly it. how you'll catch COVID. He's been saying that for 18 months. He, he admitted to lying to the American people and manipulating them. Um, so why should I listen to you? Here's another one out of MSNBC. Dr. Fauci, it says it's unimaginable to me that some Americans still believe that COVID is fake news. Here's another one. Dr. Fauci just said these people may may be safe from the new COVID strain. I thought no one was safe. I thought everyone was going to die because it's 70% more infected or in whatever the hell. Here's another one. Dr. Fauci says stop going here now. Do, do, you, do you see this? I mean, th- this guy's plastered everywhere. Those are just some of the barn burner headlines. I, I'm just I'm just tired of tired of looking at him. Oh, he met with Governor Gavin Newsom. Gavin, Ga- Governor Gavin Newsom and Dr. Fauci discussed California's first case of more cont- or contagious COVID. I, I'm just I, I'm so I'm sick of looking at him. I'm sick of this guy. Anyway, number eight, March for Life speech. I didn't even know about this. Did you know about this? I, I'm wanting to say I did because uh, uh, it's a uh, March for Life was the 
um, pro-life thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Donald Trump made history in 2020 as being the first president to speak personally live on the National Mall for the March for Life. The president's speech and his personal attendance at the march moved pro-life activists across the country who celebrated gains for the movement under his presidency. Uh, Honestly, he's the first president that's been as, um, uh, well, as strong of an advocate for pro-life that we've had. Number seven, Abraham Accords signing ceremony. Mm -hmm. That was a big deal. Middle East uh, peace treaties. I'm curious. Yeah, that is the the Middle East peace treaty. Uh, Donald Trump hosted a peace agreement signing ceremony with United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, as part of his ongoing effort to normalize diplomatic relations between Arab nations and the state of Israel. And now, of course, you've got the Saudis that are going to come on board. You've got uh, uh, Oman, I believe, is there. Uh, The Kingdom of Morocco is also involved. So, I mean, this this is a big thing. And I'm just curious, where's the anti-war left? Where are they? Aren't they supposed to be all about that? <laughs> I mean, Trump uh, derangement syndrome is high with this one. Yeah, that's that's exactly the the uh, in the end of this. It's it, it's whatever they can do to make Trump look bad. They don't, they don't care about the average person. They don't care about freedom. They don't care about they're anti-war because it benefits their agenda. But they're not anti-war. No, they're not. They're not. Obama and Hillary went in and, and John Kerry went in and knocked over 11 countries. Yeah. You know, I'm not excusing Bush and Iraq either. Don't think that no. with or Afghanistan. Number six, Donald Trump celebrates a failed Democrat attempt and <laughs> attempt to impeach him. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, my goodness. That was uh, that was a circus. And I mean, that's that was nothing, though, compared to this. This COVID stuff and this election crap, man, this is this is just nuts. And if you think that you've seen out of control politics in the U.S., you ain't seen nothing yet. President Donald Trump spoke at the White House after the Senate acquitted him of impeachment charges brought by the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the Democrat Party. Do you think she actually won re-election? Be honest. Do you actually think, with all the corruption we've seen with Dominion and everything, do you actually think she won re-election? No. I don't think she did either. I don't think she's won an election in quite some time, to be honest. Yeah, not legitimately. Yeah. Well, I, I actually question whether or not AOC won re-election as an example. Uh, honestly, I, I don't think the only reason she won the first time is because they they brought in people to, to block vote. That's all they did. Yeah. Uh, the president gathered with his biggest defenders in, in the impeachment battle to celebrate the victory. Uh, he says it was all BS, but that's not what he actually said. Uh, uh, Trump blatantly said it, or said or Trump said bluntly at the White House, hoisting a copy of the Washington Post, announcing his acquittal. You're hoisting the Washington Post, Mr. President. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's exactly why he did that. That's why he did it with that because paper specifically. Yeah. yeah. Number five, President Trump's speech at Mount Rushmore on July 3rd. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh Trump delivered a speech at Mount Rushmore on July 3rd, celebrating the return of the fireworks display in front in front of one of America's favorite monuments. Trump used his speech to defy the movement by leftists to cancel and remove America's monuments and heritage. Yeah, but with lockdowns, they're removing them anyway. Yep. Number four, this one I don't like. Okay, I, I have to be honest with you. I don't like this. And you and I talk about this when it happened. Number four, the killing of Qasem Soleimani. This one bothered me. Donald Trump ordered the assassination of Iranian General Qassam Soleimani for his record of organizing terror attacks against the United States. Uh, okay, I get it. He's a bad dude, right? I understand. I, I get it. But you have to also look at the other side of it. When he does that, and, and I made this point back then, I'm going to make the same exact one now. When he does that, he puts people like myself at risk. And when I say that, I mean, those of us that are Americans that are living overseas, it's easier for us to be targeted outside of the country than it is for us to be targeted inside of our own. 
So when a president, I don't care if it's Trump or Bush or, or Obama or Clinton, or I don't give a damn any, any one of these jokers. When a president does that, then it puts us at risk. Uh, and I don't like it. I, I don't like it. There's other ways to deal with that. Number three, Trump signs USMCA trade deal. Was this the NAFTA thing? This was a good trade deal, if I remember right. This yeah, this was, was the um, reversal. This yeah. replaced NAFTA. Yeah. Which yeah. we got screwed with by the Clintons for 30 years on that one. So Yeah. Uh, Trump signed the uh, signed and ratified the USMCA trade deal with Mexico and Canada at the White House years after campaigning to replace NAFTA with a better deal. And he did. Uh, for Trump, the USMCA was not just a political milestone, but a personal one as well. He as he publicly criticized America's trade policy as a private citizen. And he did. He's been publicly criticizing America's trade policy for decades. I, I remember yeah. this guy back 15 years ago screaming about China and no one listened to him. No one listened to him. Yep. I remember him saying all that stuff. I very vividly remember him saying all that stuff because he used to do these um, these YouTube broadcasts. They would be put out on his own website from his desk where he would work in his business. He would always talk about China. Always. He'd say, look, we're getting screwed by these people. What's going on here? What, what's going on with all these people in, in, in office? Well, come to find out, now he knows all the nitty gritty behind it. Now he's figured out that they're all taking deals. Yep. Number two, Donald Trump celebrates the development of first coronavirus vaccine under Operation Warp Speed. I don't like that. I don't like that. So I don't like it either, but it is a great accomplishment. We've never done something like this before. So as much as I don't like it, still, it is quite the accomplishment. Yeah. Number one, Donald Trump hosts a swearing-in ceremony for Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett on October 26th. It was an unthinkable moment for President Trump to nominate and replace a third Supreme Court justice in his first term. But in late October, the president hosted a swearing-in ceremony for Justice Amy Coney Barrett to replace Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who passed away just weeks before the election. I I need that TikTok video of that hysterical college professor or whatever she was. (laughs) Right. In In the car. In the car. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I need. Yeah. You, you talk about mass hysteria, man. That is just off the charts. That is clinical. Like, I'm serious. Yeah. That That is clinical. Agreed. Now, uh, the Amy Coney Barrett one is yet to be seen whether or not it's a, a, a good thing. But on the surface, it looks like she was a, a good choice. Well, let's hope so. All right. Um, and that was it. Overall, Bruce, overall, if you had to grade Trump in 2020, just 2020, forget the first three years, 2020. A to F, what would you give him? Overall, because of his handling of the pandemic, handing it over to Burks and Fauci, I would say I'd give him maybe a a B. B? All right. I was going to say a B minus or a C plus, but that that would have been me because I'm just... These these two degenerates have just wrecked the U.S. economy. And not just that, they've wrecked the economy of the West, as far as I'm concerned, because it's just Europeans are taking their cues based on him. And also like this, the damage to the economy that that, that's happened, it could change the way the economy goes for the next like generation, at least Uh, because, you know, you have things like Amazon and putting out of business, the the smaller uh, family businesses. So I don't know, man, it's it's changed things quite a bit. So but I still think the the other stuff that he did this year um, was big enough to to counter that, I I think, at least on the surface. So I I honestly think that, um, I mean, if you look at the people and the organizations that are against him, I think that I have to give him credit because I mean, how many of us would be able to deal with that as well as he has? Yeah, that's true. 
There's something to be said for that. Representative elect Madison Cawthorn. You know who he is, right? He was the, um, the kid who was uh, injured in a car accident and uh, he's in a wheelchair. He was elected to Congress. He was young. He's the youngest person ever elected to Congress at 25, younger than AOC. Yep. And uh, at the at the RNC, he actually stood up. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that. Yeah. Uh huh. And th- this kid, I mean, I-, I remember listening to him when he was on the campaign trail. I remember him uh, giving some interviews and he-, he is on the ball. He he knows what the problems are. He knows what uh, what the dangers are with the tech companies. He knows what the problems are with the uh, the Davos elites. I think he's aware. I haven't heard him speak too much on it. I think he's aware of the dangers of communist China, but I don't know to what extent. But he is of the opinion, and I heard him say exactly this uh, when he was asked about AOC, because you've got, I mean, that's basically his opposite when it comes to, um, um, you know, House members and, and whatnot, when it comes to political ideology. And he says, look, I think that myself and, and AOC, we have a common idea. And the idea is that is that we believe uh, that we need to win over the hearts and minds of the younger generation to move forward in the country. It's just we differ on how we want to get there. And so Cawthorn comes up with this idea. And that's very generous of him, by the way. That's very generous of him. That's very political of him because I wouldn't have yeah. been so nice. No. Um, Cawthorn comes up with this idea. He says he wants to create a new Republican Party that inspires young people. Uh, I think this is long overdue. Uh, To be honest with you, I don't think that it needs to be a Republican Party. I think you need to go off on something else because the Republicans, the fact is, is they have a reputation now for doing absolutely nothing. So you don't want to take the same name as what doesn't work. Does that make sense? Right. So you, you want to take something else. You want to start fresh. Do you know we actually have a constitution party? Did you know that? Yeah. We, we actually do. It's just that no one's joined it. Yeah. That's the problem. You have a few people in there and you ask some of these, these politicians, you say, well, why don't you join the constitution party? Well, there's no one that's joined it. Well, if you join it, then more people will join it, you idiot. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to stand up and do it yourself. The, the thing is, though, is the GOP, there's a lot of money there. There's a lot of money back in it. So yeah, but it's all Chinese money. <laughs> you know, well, it's, it's one way or another. It's re-elected. flowing through. Yeah. One way or the other it's flowing through communist China. And yeah. that's the problem right there is that it is this machine. It is this political machine. This is why they don't like Trump, because he's not part of that group. He's not part of the uh, the, the people that go through and make and take these deals. His kids are not like that, uh, regardless of what you hear these yahoos on TV say and in the papers. He's not one of these people. That's why they hate this guy, because he's not one of them. So I, I agree with Cawthorn that it's time to create a, a new party, but you don't call it the new Republican Party or whatever. You get away from that name. You got to stop that. Now, I understand you have to run as a Republican or a Democrat to get elected into the machine. But once you get in there, it's time to flip the switch. You're one and done anyway if you're going to go against the grain of these parties when you're in there. There's no point. So once you're in the door, do what you need to do. Go create another party. I would like to see more than just a Republican and more than just a Democrat party. I don't particularly care for the Libertarians since Ron Paul's left it from all those years ago. It's just I, I don't know where they're at on a lot of things. I don't really particularly care for the uh, for the Libertarian Party because they um, uh, many of them are a bit uh, uh, the, the stances they have is um, I, I, I get where they're coming crazy. from. Yeah, it's a bit crazy. It is. I get where they're coming from. I, I do. I get where they're coming from in yeah. a lot of respects. But you're also basing all of this stuff on the fact that people are going to morally do the right thing. 
Uh, right. We're a little past that. We got a lot of work to do to rebuild that. So right. you you can't just go and give people all this freedom that they used to have because or that society used to have because you're going to end up in total anarchy because these people don't know how to behave. Uh, and I hate to say it like that, but the average American, if you give them just a little bit of freedom on something, we can't behave. Have you noticed that? We can't behave at all. Yeah. If you allow yeah. Americans to drink in the streets, look at Mardi Gras. Look at that mess. I mean, at the same time, maybe maybe you do allow that to happen and let them hit the bottom and get it out of their system. You know, but you also I mean, have to you also have to do things on the other end of it. So, for example, you have to create campaigns throughout society and you have to educate people on how to how to be. Example, you have to. Um, uh, do you remember? I, I don't know. You, you probably don't remember this. OK, when I was a kid, there were drug ads all across the United States, billboards, TV yeah. commercials, all the rest of it saying yeah. nobody wants to be a junkie when they grow up. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. And the guy fries an mm -hmm. egg in the, yeah. in the skillet. Right. Yeah. I had dare in school. Yeah. Yeah. Dare. So. In school. OK. Yeah. Dare came later. But that was. Same uh, yeah. Same concept. You would have uh, police officers come to your school and, um, and lecture you on drug use and all that stuff. But that's yeah. not happening anymore. Now we're decriminalizing drugs. Have you seen Portland? My God. Well, it's because it didn't work. They've they've literally come out and said, look, we, we did this campaign for years, uh, for like 20 years, and it's done nothing like it hasn't reduced drug usage or anything, uh, crime or any of that. It didn't do any good. It was just a waste of money. So they're going about different methods uh, to show people um, basically teaching people what to do instead of what not to do, which works better. Mm -hmm. Um, so they've been doing that technique, I think for the last like 12 years or something like that or, or so, and it, it's shown better results, but it, it's not as prevalent as those ad campaigns that we've seen back in the day. I just, uh, I, I just wish that we could get to what they were talking about. I mean, I, I, I wish that we could have that kind of, um, sure. That, that kind of society, but it, it requires responsibility and a lot of it. And if people aren't willing to do that about themselves, I mean, if, if you talk to, do you remember, Bruce, we were going to do a podcast one point in time. We had the concept written down, but we never actually did it. And I would like to at some point, but everything's just gone absolutely, you know, off the wall crazy over the last 12 months. And the podcast we wanted to do was have adults become children. And it's the adolescent idea that people have in their heads is what stops me from saying, okay, you need more freedom in a society like that. Yeah. At the same time, it's society that's causing them to be adolescent minded. I mean, if you think about it, it's the, uh, for example, the warning label on a chainsaw. Don't put your genitalia in the, in the blade, in the chain. Gee, Why Bruce, the hell? A bit, it's a bit graphic, isn't it? It, it is, but I, I find it comical. Why would they do <laughs> a, a warning label like that? You know, why would they use one? I mean, it's not actually happened. Uh -huh. it, it, it's it's such a stupid. I don't know. It, it's just it, it's treating people like chi uh, children, and as such, it dumbs the populace down. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think well, it's like using that as an extreme example. I think that's basically what's going on. Yeah, I, I think it's also like uh, the caution hot hot coffee or whatever it is. You know, yeah, you, you order ordered a cup a of coffee. coffee. Yeah, you, you, exactly. You ordered a hot coffee. Uh, listen here, it's going to be hot. Yeah, it's such it's so stupid that you have to do some, you know, put the warning labels on there. I know lawsuits, blah, 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 whatever. But when you do that, it it, it just dumbs down the populace. It all started with the diving boards. Do you know what I mean? It all started with the diving boards at public schools. They took them off because yeah. kids might get hurt. Well, how about you let kids make that decision for themselves? Yeah, I mean, I believe me. Be <laughs> Hi, Ned. How are you? 
I'm fine. Trust me, if you go on a diving board and you crack your head off that diving board, oh, a lifeguard will get you if they're not flirting with some pretty girl. But mm-hmm. a lifeguard will get you. And guess what you're not going to do again? You're not going to crack your head off that diving board again. Yeah, that's right. I'll tell you, the biggest problem you've got around the swimming pool is when a kid starts to run and somebody shouts stop. They turn around while they're running. That's where the accident happens. Diving boards, <laughs> safe. Deep yeah, water, yeah. safe. Adults, yeah. parents, dangerous. That's where it goes wrong. But yeah, yeah. no, it's 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 generally uh, the rules are usually designed by people that either don't have kids or um, are of some other party difference or whatever, and they think, oh yeah, we know better, and we we really think this and whatever, and they just get together and they create laws and things just get all mixed up and wrong. We've got it here. You've got it there. <laughs> yes, and it's Net, going out it's, of control. Uh... This is our uh, this is our New Year's Day release. Uh, Happy New Year to you! Oh, and you, and you! Happy New Year! Yeah, no problem. I have got a cup of coffee. I've just been out in the garden doing my pagan thing and um, having pagan a bonfire. Thing? Pagan, having a nice bonfire. Yeah, I always have a bonfire New Year's Eve. Uh, okay. Yeah. Did you always- uh, did you social distance and wear masks while you were having the fire? Oh no, you- that was no, no. I went out there. The daughter, daughter wanted to come out, but we had a hard frost last, really hard frost last night, and it stayed all mm. day. But I went, I'm having a bonfire anyway. I always do it. But um, That's yeah. actually the best time to have a bonfire, you know? When there's no bugger about. Well, no, when it's freezing cold outside. Fire keeps you warm. <sighs> yeah, yeah. But um, it's um, I've just left it going. I had to, had a tree. I just had to cut someone's tree down, and I just, that looks good. That's it. They'll probably be burning there for quite a while yet. But yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's There's something about fire that actually can help you zone out. And forget everything. You know, I once you, heard you just chill. Yeah, I once heard by uh, by a guy who was in the British Army uh, tell me. He says, "Do you know what fire is?" And I said, "What?" And he says, "That's nature's TV." Yep, that's right. You can see all sorts of things in it. No, you it's can. Awesome. You can. Yeah, and you can focus and unfocus. It's really nice. Mesmerizing, I think the word is. Are uh, are your politicians doing the same thing as the politicians uh, here in Germany and in the United States? I haven't got a clue. I don't. Everyone's. Actually- Everyone's locked down, but they're having their own private parties and on television in front of everybody. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. I'm no, not joking. Think. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. They're actually doing it. And they're surrounded <laughs> by police officers and barricades, armed police officers and barricades. Uh, oh, excellent. Yeah. Uh, and what? Oh, good Lord. For everything is just, um, oh, there's no people out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. Some of <laughs> The kids are cool because some of the parents have gone to bed and they let the kids still stay up in their bedrooms and mess around because <laughs> they're all just hyper and everything. And no, it, it, it's just daft. It is just a bit mental. Let's uh, let's cover your friend here before we uh, before we call it for the evening, Bruce. This is uh, your friend, Governor Andrew Cuomo from mm. New York. He mm. uh, he decides that he's going to. Uh, shift the NFL restrictions for the American football game, the playoff game, because Uh he wants to attend the playoff game. So he's changing the restrictions for the NFL game at at a New York stadium so he can actually attend it to suit himself. Uh Uh Is he the only one that's going to be in attendance or is he going to just open it up for everybody? No, uh, he's not going to be the only one, but he he wanted to make sure. Okay, so 6,000 fans are going to be allowed to attend. Okay, but that's only because he's allowing it, you see. Mm Mm-hmm. That's only because he's allowing it. So if you didn't uh, follow them, if you didn't follow them, it would not happen. Yeah. Uh, right. Right. Because he's such a generous. 
magnanimous. He's a, he's a good king. Isn't that, isn't that how it went? Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a good king. He's one of the people. <laughs> yes, yes, he's one of the people. That's right. New York Democrat Governor Andrew Cuomo was the subject of controversy on Wednesday following an announcement that football fans will be permitted to attend a Buffalo Bills wildcard playoff game. <sighs> now, what's funny about this? This is the team's first time hosting in a quarter of a century, but it's only being done so because he expressed a desire to attend. Otherwise, they weren't going to be allowed to have the game there. Okay. The rest of the controversy comes as it was Cuomo who banned large events, yet restrictions were immediately lifted following the governor's own personal interest in attending the game. Just last week, and here's his quote, just last week, he says, it was a great game, by the way. That was just unbelievable. I mean, really incredible. You almost sense the energy and the optimism and the confidence, the way they played. And Josh Allen, I don't even know who the hell that is, was just unbelievable. I want to attend a Bills game. I've attended them in the past. So since he's expressed desire to, to be at this game, it's going to happen uh, because because he's, he wants to go. So why can't you guys have street parties with governors in attendance and then everybody could just be happy? Well, because you'll you'll kill people, Ned. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. By the way, did, oh, yeah. did you see the, the COVID? Did you see, the COVID killer, yeah, yeah, the COVID yeah. killer. Did you see the uh, the video of the woman walking around the uh, the empty hospital in Gloucestershire? <laughs> no, Gloucestershire. No, sorry, been, yeah. Oh, no, oh yeah, no, oh yeah. We played some of it here yesterday. Oh, it's something. Yeah, she and she got arrested by the way uh, for doing it for not having COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Attendance with the game at the game does come with some stipulations, though. Every attendee must obtain a negative COVID nineteen test. Okay, that's the first thing, mm-hmm. uh, which has attracted even more negative attention. People don't want to get tested to go to a football game. Many point out the fact that nursing homes are unable to attain rapid testing, so residents can see loved ones. Yet sports fans, alongside Governor Cuomo, are given a priority. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Who you know? Yeah. Now. This is Governor oh, Cuomo's. Does, does this mean that he's abusing taxpayers' money and directing it in the way that he wants it? Is that a real question? Well, it could be rhetorical. I could answer that for you. <laughs> I was going to say it's. <laughs> uh, this is his I quote. Just threw it out. I just threw it out there for your listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's he's, this is his quote. He says, "This is not just about attending a football game. We are trying to find a way to reopen businesses." Oh, do you see this, Bruce? He's uh-huh. trying to find a way to reopen businesses by going to a football game himself. We do sure? have to have a model that shows we can start to reopen businesses. Can you use testing to reopen a business safely? And can you do it on a large scale? Mm-hmm. So, see, you're going to be able to reopen your businesses. All you have to do is test every single person. And who? Who do you think is going to get that money from those tests? Huh? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, Who's going to be um, running that testing? He's clearly uh, really cares about the, the the people of his state. Of because, course um, he does. Of course he does. How, how many elderly did he kill with his policies again? It's unknown. It's oh, unknown. That's, that's right. He won't he won't release the data even though we've uh, requested it with the uh, FOIA requests. But yeah. the good news is available to the public, though. Yeah, that's the uh, the FOIA requests are um, that's the um, uh, what's it what's it stand for? That That's where you petition the government. It's, for it's, it's the Freedom of Information Act. That's it. Freedom that's of it, Information yeah. Act. Yes. Yeah. And and it, that information is supposed to be available to us. Uh, how many people died in that? So basically what happened in New York is when someone was infected in a uh, retirement home and had to go to the hospital and they died at the hospital, it was not a retirement home death. It was a hospital death. And uh, so they were skewing the numbers a bit. So how many people actually died in retirement homes? We don't know. And they won't give us the data. 
that's the only state that won't give the data. It's wonderful what they do with statistics, isn't it? Yeah. Give well, a chug of it. this New Year's Eve, as I said, the uh, political people and the politicians uh, in, in Germany, they're going to be allowed to party in, in Berlin. They've got the stage all set up there. The TV crews are there. The police are there with barricades and MP5 surrounding them. So they can't be bothered by, you know, we the little people. So they're partying in Berlin. Just the politicians, of course. See, you can't do that. And they're partying in, uh, in New York as well. But see, you're not allowed to be there. But Joe Biden and Jill Biden are going to appear... Uh, yeah, you see, the first the first couple, or who they say is going to be the first couple, uh, are going to appear on the New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest. And <laughs> Bruce, Ned, you guys got to hear this all-star lineup of performers they're going to have. There. They're going to have Megan the Stallion. Don't even know who that is. They're going to have Nelly. Welcome to 1990. Then they're going to have Miley Cyrus. I mean, can you? Th- I mean, those people are set to perform there for for everybody in New York. I mean, it's just that's going to be an off the wall performance. I can already imagine. I bet you can't. You can't get a ticket. <laughs> uh, you know what? That is the hottest ticket in town that I wouldn't want to be at. <laughs> exactly. The Bidens will be sh- will now. Listen to this. The Bidens will share an inspiring message as we come together to close out 2020 and look ahead with hope to 2021. That was a statement that was put out by the uh, the producers of the show. Uh, okay. Jennifer Lopez will be the musical headliner. Uh, the pop star will perform live before the iconic ball drop on December 31st. Because of the coronavirus pandemic, the event will be closed to the public. See, you the little people, you can't be out there. Now, if you want to go out there and you want to burn a business down that's left, oh, you can do that. That's fine. That's fine. You're just exercising your right to a peaceful protest at that point. Performers in Los Angeles include... Now, listen, listen to the list of these these degenerates. Okay, performers uh, include Brandy Do- Doja Cat. Uh, I don't know. Ella Mai, Envo, Julia Michaels, and J.P. Sachs, Louis Capaldi. Explain this. How did? How in the world did trash from the gutter get so much power in that country? How in God's name did that happen? Hey. I'll take the silence as a as a you don't know either. No, and I can't justify anything. That is just absolutely unbelievable. You know something? I would say, okay, if you want to be around trash like that, you go right ahead. You go right ahead. That right there, that's the degeneracy of Western civilization at its core. That right there, uh, along with along with politicians, hypocritical well, politicians. There is, a, there is a positive thing to take away from all this. Uh, I'm all ears on this one. What of, is it? Of the democratic head is that. If he was in the favour of the people, wouldn't he have really got some really classy people to turn up for him? Oh yeah, I mean, if it were if it were me, Ned, I tell you right now, I would invite the the cream of the crop. I would invite Neil Ferguson to be the guest he of honor. He did, but they probably didn't want to go. Yeah, he, he would have predicted fifty million dead if he would have been invited to that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Got um, better to do than get locked down. Yeah. Right. But anyway, all right. I don't give a damn about your uh, uh, your your New Year's Eve parties. You can all go to hell anyway. Uh, you're you're all going to pay for this. Enjoy your New Year's Eve party because I can assure you this. Put it this way, it's probably going to be your last New Year's Eve party as a politician. Okay, I'll put it that way. Okay. You can can live in hope. Yeah, you can live in hope. We're out of time today. Uh, Is there anything else either one of you want to say before we officially end the last podcast of 2020? Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. The future must be brighter. Mm. Let's just give it your best. Think positive. Like I say to my daughter, you're my proton. Be positive. That's all I'm saying. That's another year. Proton thing. That was actually, that's great. Yeah, that's that's all I got left is just Happy New Year. Just. I'll, I'll leave it on a positive note. Yeah, that's why we got to start. You know, I think it's been a. Uh, I, I honestly, I think it's been a great year for uh, for everything we've done around here. Don't you guys think? We've gotten a lot of new voices. Uh, we've gotten a lot of new listeners. 
I think it's been a, uh, a successful year, don't you? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. We just yeah. need more people to find their voice. Yeah. Ned, you've, uh, you've joined the ranks this year. Have you uh, you've been satisfied with it so far? No, more than that. I think I think uh, you've got a good platform and um, it's not something that drags you down. It also stays on a, um, you've got your humorous side to it and you've got some people that have got some really interesting points. It's good. We do try to keep some variety. By the way, we are going to do some comedy stuff next week. <laughs> Talking to Marty last night and uh, he said that uh, we need a break. So we're going to get back into some comedy stuff. But it has been a, uh, has been a great year. Uh, we've put a lot of work into things around here gotten a lot of new equipment we've gotten a lot of new listeners uh which means that you the listener are doing a fantastic job at spreading the word uh, and telling other people about us and we appreciate that more than you could ever imagine because it's all of you that do listen that make what we do here every single day all possible so thank you guys for your time tonight happy new year to you happy new year to all the listeners and we will see you all next year